a podcast to gear up your professionalism. Welcome, listeners. Today, I have with us Julia from Enterprise Holdings. She is an awesome, awesome expert on the subject of elevator pitch. So, Julia, I will go ahead and let you tell us a little bit about who you are. Thanks, Erin. So, um, I am a corporate recruiter for Enterprise Holdings. So, most people know us as the rent-a-car company. We'll come pick you up. Uh, but one of the cool things about Enterprise that I didn't realize when I was first seeking my career is that there's a ton of opportunity there. It's an entirely remote from within company, very focused on internal growth. So I actually started as a management trainee at Enterprise, worked my way up to branch manager level, uh, and then had the opportunity to move into our HR and recruiting department about three years ago. So I now support all of our universities really throughout Western PA. So I'm able to come in, give back to our students, And one of our founding values is to be a part of the communities that we support. And so one of the ways we love to do that is giving back to students that we have the opportunity to interact with. So even if you're not coming to work for us, we really want to help add value because who knows, maybe we'll drive you to your interview. Uh, But in terms of my personal background, I've been in the company for about seven years. Um, I've had the opportunity just to connect with some phenomenal people, love what I do. Um, And it's great to be part of a company that really gives you that opportunity to grow and go somewhere. So uh, let's take it away. We've got some great stuff to go through today. So um, if you want to take it off some of these questions, I know that we've got stuff to really help students that are going into career fair. Yes. So one of the big questions I get from students is elevator pitch. What is that? I've never heard of that. Oh my gosh. And they, they really you know, and I was definitely one of them kind of freak out in terms Mm -hmm. of how do I introduce myself to an employer? So no matter what industry we're in, we are going to be introducing ourselves to employers. What, what is this elevator pitch people speak of? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm essentially an elevator pitch. There's two different schools of thought with this. So I think the elevator pitch has gotten this like really scary, bad rap with things. I've and I think on some levels, we've gotten a little robotic with elevator pitches. And I do think that there's a time and place for them. I, I don't think that elevator pitches in their most simplified form really belong in networking events. But I do think at a career fair, if you try to approach a recruiter like you would at a networking event, they don't really have the time or bandwidth to have an extended conversation. And instead of making yourself stand out positively, they might be like, oh my goodness, I really just want to know some basics about you. So the elevator pitch is designed, I personally think specifically for career fair settings, where you've only got a couple minutes to create an introduction. And it's really not that scary because I promise us as recruiters, are, we're not scary. You know, the way I introduce myself, be how I would talk about what I'm doing in a networking event. But if I went up to a recruiter to explain that at a career fair, that's way too much information and not things that they necessarily care about. In a career fair, they're really looking, you know, what's your career direction and what is some of your experience? So um, I don't know if you have specific questions about that, if you just kind of want me to break that down or how do we want to tackle this today, Erin? Yeah, so I guess that's really helpful in knowing the difference between using an elevator pitch at a career fair versus if you are maybe, you know, student teaching and you're walking into your building, that's more of an introduction of if you would Mm -hmm. give this long drawn out spiel Mm -hmm. they might be like I just wanted to know your name and kind of where you belong in my building versus 
oh, my name is Erin. I'm looking for a job in the state of Georgia and I want to do this and I like to do this. So I think clarifying when do we use that short 30 second commercial versus when do we give the more long drawn out information. So if we're talking specifically about a career fair, what should we include in that introduction to employers? So first of all, I think say what your graduation year is, because that really dictates some things for us as employers in terms of how the rest of that conversation is going to go. Are you a freshman? Are you a sophomore, a junior, senior? Or, or you just say with anticipated graduation date, I don't think it matters one way or another, but you're looking to communicate when you're going to be finished with school and that you'll have your full degree. So that's the first thing. So the second thing, I'm a big believer that you, know, you should be communicating the direction you want to go. So one of the questions I get is, well, what if I don't know the direction I want to go, right? Um, so let's say you are a business student and you don't know what part of business you want to be in, um, but you know that you'd rather work in a more data analytic environment. Like you really don't want to work with customers and you don't want front end of business. You'd rather do something that is data oriented, but you don't want to, you know, limit yourself in what the possibilities are. So the way you could say that is, you know, hi, I'm Leah, I'm a Clarion University graduate, anticipated graduation in 2021. I've got a business focus and I'm really looking for positions that are more analytical or support-based roles, but I'm open to conversations about other career paths that might match with my background and my experience. So then you're saying you do have a career direction, but that you're not closed-minded to things. Um, If you know exactly what you want to do, that's fabulous. You're obviously looking for a specific niche type of position, Go ahead and tell recruiters that, do you have this type of job? Great. Then you're going to be able to learn that very quickly. But if you're not sure, which I think as most of us in college, let's be real, who knew what they wanted to do with the rest of their life? I'm still trying to figure that out. (laughs) Right? Oh my goodness. I think it's like a self-discovery process all the way through your life. Um, If you're an engineering major, maybe you know what division of engineering you want to get into. So I'm a mechanical engineer, so I'm looking for positions within that field, but I'm open to conversations about other positions that relate to my background and experience, if it looks like there might be a good match, what are you looking for, right? right. I, I, that question at the end is also great too because you turn that conversation over the recruiter and it lets the conversation flow. So what are you guys here looking for? Or what are you looking for here today? What positions are you hiring for? And I think that's especially important to you know, for our friends who are education majors. You know, if you are birth to eighth grade certified, do you mm-hmm. want to teach lower elementary grades? Do you want yeah. to teach a public school? Do you want to teach in a private school? Do you want to teach yeah. elementary? Do you want to have a focus on being just a math teacher? Mm-hmm. Or K to 12? Do you want high school? Do you want elementary? So, and, and you might be saying, but I love them all. And that's okay too. You know, I really have enjoyed all of the grade levels I teach. So I'm open to conversations about opportunities you have at your district. What anticipated openings do you see for the upcoming school year? Because, you know, mm-hmm. it's a, sort of concept of you kind of you kind of have to have an idea of where you like and you know mm-hmm. we, we a lot of us know what we like what we don't like and I think we're sometimes afraid to tell mm-hmm. a recruiter that um, right. but really it shows that you you have direction you have an interest and you're not super wishy-washy because yes. it's really not attractive right absolutely so one of the questions we actually do in our interview process is um you know, tell me about some of the job responsibilities you've enjoyed, whether or not it's clubs and activities. And it's funny, sometimes people that come into my interview room really struggle with that. 
But I think the biggest thing that we're looking for as recruiters is, are you self-aware? Do you know what you enjoy if we put you in an environment? Because we want it to be a good match. We don't want to put you in a role that you hate, right? right? So by you being able to communicate some of the things that you know that you enjoy, on some level, recruiting is matchmaking. It needs to be as good a fit for you as it is for us. Because if you come in every day hating what you're going to do, it's not going to be good for anybody. Right. So at right. least being aware, you know, so maybe you want to go into teaching and you have realized like pre-K, that for you. Like you don't <laughs> want to deal with little kids. You're looking at like a higher level. Um, so I think that, you know, you can have those conversations saying, you know, I've identified that early childhood ed, not necessarily the area that I want to ultimately focus on. I'm open to conversations for opportunities there. If you think that there's a good growth path out of that, but ultimately I'm looking to end up in secondary ed or whatever that is. Uh, you've got more time to ask. You could also say in your experience, what's the path that it takes? This is a networking question, right? Right. Career fair, you may not have time, but in your experience, if I want to end up in this field, what does that path usually look like? What should I be setting my expectations for? Right. And those are great questions to ask of of the teachers in your building. If you are teaching. how did you get your path? Where did you start? Um, because sometimes people do start in those pre-K programs and we don't necessarily want to stay there. I am one of them. I started in that mm-hmm. pre-K program and I wanted a junior high environment, but it gave you experience. Yeah. So talking with the people in your building, what, what did that look like? What's that growth? What's that pattern? What are some things yeah. I should do? Those are excellent questions to ask. Absolutely. Networking is important. (laughs) Now, 100%. And one of the things you and I chatted about too when we were preparing for this is, so I'm an environmental science major. So what about those students that pick that major and they're getting towards graduation? They're like, crap. Yeah. (laughs) This isn't what I want to do. Um, And so there's a a fail safe for you in there. Now, some of this does require some planning. And if you're listening to this and it's three months before graduation, you may have a little bit of lag time in between what you have to do between now and this coming summer to prepare yourself to get in the types of roles that you want to do. But it's not game over. Don't panic. (laughs) Right. So a lot of what goes along with your education is the experience you get alongside of that. So I always knew I wanted to be in business. I thought that I could get in on, you know, the business side of a science corporation, differentiate myself. I thought science was interesting. I didn't really know what direction I wanted to go with that, but I made sure that I was active in clubs and activities on campus that were business related. I had talked about potentially going back for an MBA. I was, you know, set on that. And I made sure that I was in customer facing experience environment. So I was a server in a restaurant, leadership roles. I was an RA. Those are things that can translate into any type of role, but I wanted to make a case for myself that I was serious about going into business, not just, I don't know what I want to do and I'll try whatever. And then in three months, I'm going to leave your company to go into a science field when I find the job that I really want. Because that's really what a lot of employers get nervous about with, you know, non-traditional majors is that, you know, we want you to come on board. We want you to stay and to work with us. Do you really want to be in this field? And are you going to commit to working with us for a period of time that we can actually grow you enough for you to really fall in love with what you do? So um, those are definitely conversations to have with your career coaches. You know, you guys have Josh, Aaron, the whole team out there. They are amazing. And they, I think, are often underutilized. I get to work with them (laughs) constantly and just know they are talking with employers all the time about what we want and what we're looking for. So if you need to be able to figure out, okay, so how do I make a case for where I want to go and what do I do to make sure that when I'm having that conversation, people believe what I'm saying and that 
my experience and what's on paper backs up what I'm saying verbally here. And that, that shameless plug was not, was not, (laughs) but I do appreciate it. So yes, we are here to help um, uh, our students here um, and alumni as well. So just to kind of recap, things that are important to include are graduation year because employers want to know like when we will be available and, and, and what kind of direction we want to go in regards to our experience or our career. What's uh, one more thing that we should include in our elevator pitch? I also think aside from you know your area of interest, I think your major especially too or your area of study is great. A lot of it depends on what you want to do. So an example, you know, uh, hi, I'm Julia. I am a Syrian and completed graduation age me one. I'm seeking internship. So what do you look for? I'm seeking full-time employment. I'm seeking summer work. Uh, I'm currently studying business and entrepreneurship. I am looking for roles right now that are customer facing and focused, or I'm looking for backend analytical roles, but I'm open to conversations for other positions as I'm continuing to explore what's out there. What are you guys seeking right now? So if we break down what I just said, it was when I'm graduating, what my major is, as of right now, you know, what type of positions am I looking for? You know, am I looking for an internship? Am I looking for something that's, you know, full-time? Um, as of right now, what is it that I think I'm looking for, but still leaving that possibility to be having those conversations and exploring, and then turning that question around uh, and leaving it open for the recruiter to tell me more information so that I can get, you know, um, more things to take back with me as I start to move forward in those application processes. So, so really it's, it's not a ton of information. And I no. think this is where people start to, to craft their life story. Well, I was born, <laughs> my first pet was a dog and her name was princess. And so, so really tell me about yourself, your elevator pitch. It's a short, sweet and to the point. Yeah. Thing. And two sentences. Right, right. So you want to think about the elevator pitches. You get in on the first floor, and by the time you get to the fifth floor, I know a little bit about who you are, what you're looking for, the types of opportunities uh, that, that might be a best match for you that, that we have here at our organization, and when you would be available for employment. So yeah. it's really that simple. It is. And I think the key is here, and especially with the question at the end, the danger with elevator pitches when we get nervous when we word vomit is that it shows we're more interested in ourselves than learning right. about the company. Right. True relationship building um, is about generous communication. And what that really means is taking a sincere interest in the person that's across from you. And when we put too much information in, we've not even taken a chance to listen to what are you interested in? What is it that you're looking for? And then you can more clearly communicate things that align with what it is that they're looking for. So it does benefit you. But it also, I think, really gives a space for a relationship to start to be built versus you just plow trucking over somebody with your whole life history, right? It's overwhelming. It is. It is. And, you know, it it also kind of takes a little bit of the pressure off us. If we put the focus on the recruiter, then we don't have to focus so much on us and getting it right every single time. So what would you say if you could just give one tip to our listeners that you know, is really kind of important other than what to include when it comes to viewing our elevator pitch, what's one really important tip that you would say, like, this is something you absolutely must do. You must know this in order to have a successful elevator pitch. Oh, this is, you guys get ready to take some notes. It's going to be real complicated. Practice. (laughs) 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 The more you say it, the more confident you're going to be. And that's the thing is, 
And honestly, going to career fairs early and practicing saying this, because the more you do it, the less you're going to get PBGBs. Right. Every time we do something new for the first time, it's nerve wracking because we don't know how people are going to respond, you know, any of those things. So, right. and honestly, you know, you're going to get opportunities as you're meeting people in school to, you know, this is what I'm graduating. This is what I'm doing. What are you doing? Right. That's an right. elevator pitch. Just right. those two sentences. Open that dialogue. People love to talk about themselves. Practice, it's true. Practice, practice, practice. So that's my one tip. Yes, good. I'm so glad that's the tip that you shared. I think sometimes that's what makes us feel so nervous. And, and, you know, I'm I'm actually in the process now where I'm teaching my children how to swim. They're pretty young. And, you know, they get so scared and the water is terrifying. And you know what? Once we get in and we start splashing around, we get a little comfortable. And then we start splashing around more and we get more comfortable. And before you know it, we're going from one side of the pool to the other. Well, it doesn't happen on its own. It happens because we practice and we take the time. Think about your transition from high school to college. You know, that was kind of scary. And there were mm-hmm. some new things that happened there. Everything that we do that we feel pretty confident about now, we started as beginners. And the more we did it, the more confident we got. Your elevator pitch is the same way. I'm so glad that mm-hmm. was your number one tip. Yay. So mm-hmm. what is one thing that is an absolute do not do this when it comes to your elevator pitch. Like, do not do this. Number one mistake. Avoid this. Caution, caution. <laughs> so I think there's, there's not, over-talking is probably a big thing, but what is the most, you know, like, whoa, for me, is when students come up, like, I haven't even had a chance to say hello, and they are like, boom, Hi, I am. And they're going right into it because they're nervous. I get it. Um, So I I think, honestly, if you practice, you're not going to do it. It's only two sentences, maybe three. There's not a lot to mess up um, if you're giving yourself the space to create something and spend some thought around it. So um, I honestly think that there's not – I don't think there's a thing like an absolutely don't do. I mean, I would try not to bulldoze people with your words, like in any conversation you have, including right. an elevator pitch. Um, but I don't think that there's a massive taboo over things. Um, you know, as recruiters, we understand that you're nervous, right? right? So we have a lot of great things. I've never, you know, been like, oh, that elevator pitch. Mm-mm. You know, like, <laughs> it's not like, you know, it's not the make or break. Yes, it's the first impression, but I would say I'm, um, you know, don't bulldoze over people. Take some time to think about, it's only two sentences. You know it, you know who you are. And if you need to write bullet points for yourself, that's fine. But, you know, just don't bulldoze. I would say that's probably my one tip. Don't bulldoze people. Right, because we want to be viewed as strong communicators, genuine communication and and really building that relationship and and creating that rapport right away. So allow them to say hello, allow them to maybe, you know, the recruiter, allow the recruiter to say hello, maybe offer their name, shake hands, those sort of things. Smile, take a breath, and then kind of dig into your elevator pitch. Mm -hmm. Do you have any sort of closing remarks in regards to the elevator pitch? Anything that you were, you've maybe noticed over the years of recruiting? Mm. I do find that um, the, we, the elevator pitches, I know, get people really nervous because we train on this a lot. So right. that's a really common thing. Um, and I would say over the years, I have seen students sometimes, like we talked about earlier, you know, give the life story. 
Um, but I don't really think that there's anything that I've really noticed that we've not touched on already going through this conversation. I think we did a really good job of being thorough about the conversation around an elevator pitch. And I guess the only thing is, is understanding time and place. It is important to build rapport and connect. But when, like at a Westpac, when I'm going to talk to 100 different students, as much as I'm excited when a student wants to get to know me, that's not really the time for us to like have an in-depth conversation. So just be aware of the appropriateness of the type of conversation, right? right. It is going to be more brief at a career fair, but if you get opportunities to do an event with not even just a recruiter, but anyone, that's where you can build some lasting connections. And that's where you want to ask those, you know, how to win friends and influence people questions. Like, so right. tell me about yourself. How did you get into your career path? Right. Um, if the recruiter offers you the opportunity to ask questions, it's great to have some things prepared, but don't start off with really intense questions, right? right? Um, so I do see that sometimes, and I know it's because they're trying, right? Um, and I always give credit for that, but being aware of time and place when it's appropriate to take a conversation to a certain level. Career fairs tend to be a little bit more shallow conversations that lead to deeper conversations, right? right? If we try to deepen too quick, it's like, I'm not mentally on that game plan yet. Right. And my, I've got to switch gears of my brain to do that because I want to be welcoming. I want you to not be nervous. I want to be, you know, friendly and I've got to adjust really quickly. So just be aware of time and place. I would say that's probably the main thing. Perfect. All right. Well, listeners, this was certainly a lot of information. Um, it might be one of those episodes where you listen to more than once. We encourage you to do that. And of course, you are always welcome to contact us at careers at clarion.com.